Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our time of worship. Um, we're glad you're here on this beautiful morning. We come to worship a beautiful God. And as you get seated, we kind of would want you to be aware of just a couple things. One is we're excited to have our brother Jan here from Poland and the Polish Evangelical Mission here this morning. And um, as you, I know, will be blessed as you hear what God's doing there. And should God move you to want to help support in some way, you have an envelope in your, your um, bulletin. And uh, what we'll do is when we pass the plate later, anything you'd like to donate, put in that envelope. If it's not in the envelope, no guarantees it gets there. It's important to put it in the envelope, and uh, you can put that in the offering plate um, with your tithe um, or however you want to do that. But please make sure you put it in the envelope. Uh, any checks you can make out to Elam, and just put, make sure you put in a memo, um, PEM, P-E-M, Polish Evangelical Mission. We'll make sure that gets done. So put that in the envelope, and we'll look forward to hearing from our brother here in a little bit. Um, also, our connections card, which you have there um, in your bulletin, it's our way of communicating here. So if you're new here uh, or you'd like to prayer for something or any way we can help you, resource you, please fill it out. And uh, we will make sure we get back to you as soon as we can and help out for that. Uh, the other announcements, please read the bulletin. We have a couple um, deadlines just want you to be aware of. I'm not sure that's in the bulletin. There's an insert there. If you'd like to ride the bus to the prayer rally on the 16th with Franklin Graham uh, in St. Paul, um, please sign up by the 9th, this Thursday coming up. Uh, there's a lot of logistics, and that would really help. Um, and so don't wait till the 10th, please, the 9th. You know, sometimes we like to push the envelope on that. Um, also notice there's Christmas shoeboxes in July for House of Hope. Our um, friends in Guatemala, the Robertsons, uh, work with that. And so please uh, be aware of that. So... Uh, but before we do anything um, else, uh, as we enter the Lord's presence, we want to uh, enter with an undivided heart. And so would you pray with me? Lord, we come this morning in your presence and so love you and love to be here. But Lord, we're here for you and, and we want to offer ourselves, we want to offer our voices, we want to offer the meditations of our heart to you. Might you find them acceptable. Might they be pleasing in your sight. And Lord, might our voices ascend as one, a sweet aroma to you. So Lord, just thank you so much for the privilege we have to worship you. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to stand. You know, in second service, everybody comes in and they're talking and it's loud and it's crazy in here and everybody's had a chance to greet each other. First service, we come in and it's just kind of quiet and people just kind of come in here and there. So let's turn, let's greet one another and uh, welcome each other here this morning. Morning. Morning, morning.
So that 
prayer this morning. Amen. That Father God, your kingdom would come on this earth. Lord God, that it would come into our lives. That we could come before your throne. That all the distractions from this week, maybe this weekend, Lord God, that we could come before you and just Lay it all before your throne. To turn our hearts completely to you this morning. Lord God, you tell us in your word that we are to come together to build one another up. Through fellowship, through song, through teaching and meditation of the word. We pray that we can do that here this morning. Lord God, help every one of us in this room here. To turn our minds to you, to turn our hearts to you. Tune out the world and tune into you, Father God, because you are worthy of it and you deserve our praises this morning. Amen. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done so that your kingdom come, let your will be done, so that everyone might know your name, let your song be heard everywhere on earth, till your sovereign work on earth is done, oh let your kingdom
surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone and I'm no longer singing is a proclamation they aren't just words but we're saying we are children of God Father God we are yours and we are so grateful that you've chosen to die for us that we may live eternity with us with you Lord God we are so grateful that you love us so much that you call us your children and those of us that are parents and have children of our our own we know how great a love that is that you would do anything for your child even die for your child would you not and so we know that that's the love that our father God has for us and so we praise you we we proclaim that we are your children we are not of this world may the title of our life be that I am a child of God and may that be evident in each of our lives
God for bringing us into your creation and giving us the opportunity to live for you as we sang this morning you are such a good good father and we can't even imagine the love that you have for us Lord God that you would stand over us singing over us Lord God as your word says that you do you rejoice over us Why do we deserve your great love? When you look into us and you look into our mind and our hearts and you know, Lord God, that we are evil beings naturally, Lord God, as the fall of man has come and we succumb to the world and its evil desires and the lusts of this world. Lord God, you know our hearts and our minds, Lord God. And we ask you to come right now and to wipe them clean. As your word says that you will remove them as far as the east is from the west, our sins would be gone, Lord God. And then we could just come before you with clean hearts and clean minds and worship you in the fullness of your majesty and your greatness. We thank you for your great, great love for us. I am so proud to call Christ Savior over my life. Help me to do it better. Help me to serve you more, to serve you deeper, to have a greater love and a greater affection towards you. Give me a heart like yours, Father God. In the name of your Son, Jesus, who we proclaim here this morning as ruler and has dominion over my life and every life here that raises their hand and says, I am a child of God this morning. Lord God, we proclaim you ruler over our lives in this building this morning. What a great thing it is to be able to come together and build one another up praising you. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray and proclaim his great name. Amen. You may be seated.
Good morning. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Russ. I used to work here. And I've used that line before. didn't get as big a laugh this time, so I won't use it again. <laughs> I'm privileged this morning to introduce our guest, Jan Tomczyk from Poland. Before I do, I want to mention something to you. There's a literature table that you can't miss in this small foyer. We've taken up necessary space there. And on that literature table, you'll find a little card that looks like this. Please send me the PIM newsletter. If you would like to know what's going on in Poland, through Poland Evangelical Mission, we'll let you know you have a mailbox. You can get it by email or regular mail. But we'll let you know what's going on in Poland because we are inviting people. Listen to me, church. We're inviting people to pray for Poland. Prayer is not just something we do. Prayer is the work. Anything else we do in life and ministry is a result of having first prayed. And Poland needs prayer. Less than a half of 1% of the Polish population are evangelical. We must pray that God will get the attention of the hearts of, pe of the people of Poland through that less than a half of 1% of those people who make up the population and reach them for Christ. I wonder if you've ever played this game. You hear a date, and you say, oh yeah, on that date I was... You ever do that? You're watching the news, and something comes up, and you say, oh yeah, I remember that. 1971, for instance, our first child was born. I had just recently become youth pastor in a, in a church in Fresno, California. So in 1971, as mentioned to me in respect to Jan in Poland, I think in terms of where he was, a young, itinerant preacher in a country where evangelicals are marginalized. They're called a sect by the institutional church. And at that time, under communism, they were not only a sect, they were unwanted by the government. Yet Jan followed a call to ministry. Fast forward a little bit to 1974. I had left Fresno, California to come back to go to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. At the same time, unbeknownst to me, Jan Tomczyk was starting a church in Bydgoszcz, Poland. He had to do it illegally. He had to do it surreptitiously. He built a, a, a building that was a house, but they built it so that they could remove walls and make meeting rooms where the church met under communism. He was under surveillance by the KGB often. One time, they, if I remember correctly, one time they tried to plant a gun in his house because it was illegal to have a gun, and that would have been a sure prison sentence, but they didn't entrap him. Somehow God got him through that. Maybe he'll share that with you. Jan not only started the church in Bidgos, he started nine other churches. 1977, Jan started again under the radar surreptitiously started a camp in Ochvieka, Poland, a little village near Bidgos. That camp next summer celebrates 40 years and can humbly boast, if you can do that, of having influenced thousands of young people in Poland with the gospel. Little did I know, while I was going through what I was going through back here, 
a church in Fresno and back here in seminary and then taking a church in Wisconsin, that at the same time, there was a soulmate of mine on the other side of the Pacific, uh, Atlantic Ocean who was earnestly engaged in ministry in spite of all kinds of odds. You know, the number, the number four ally of the United States in World War II was Poland. What did they get for their effort? Over 40 years of communism. But there were those, I want you to know, there were those who did not bend their knee to that. There were those who were being faithful to Christ during that time. One of them is Jan Tomczyk. I'd like for you to give a warm welcome this morning to our guest, Jan Tomczyk. It's a privilege for me to be here. Russ said a little bit, <laughs> there's no time to talk about the whole life, but I come from a very strange family. My father was a kind of a mixture of German, Russian, Belarusian. My mother was a Czech, Silesian mixture. So I was born in this family, but both of my grandpas were Christians, which is a miracle in Poland to see third generations Christians. Uh, Unfortunately, 1938, my grandpa was taken to prison of my father's side during the Stalin persecution. He wanted to do so-called purification of the nation, so get rid of anything which is not communist. They put him to prison, and he never came back. After 50 years, my uncle found he was shot in 1938 without a notice. When I visited Russia in 1959, I was nine years, old, nine years old boy, and my grandma would say, Papa will come, Papa will come from Siberia probably. Whew. My father decided to escape from communism, so he joined Polish troops in Russia. They were from Russia during the Stalin time. You know, wars there, back, too much time to talk about that. So he added himself two years because he was too young. He didn't want to stay in Russia. But he brought communists to Poland with the troops, which he was not aware. But he was praying, Lord, allow me not to shoot any German. Because the believers there were uh, so-called pacifists. They didn't want to take weapon. But he had to because he joined the army. You know, he went through the whole from uh, Lenin to Berlin and didn't shoot once. <laughs> uh, the Lord was very good to him. He came to the Lord, so I had a good example how to follow the Lord. Of course, it was not so easy. I didn't want to be a Christian. Uh, when they sent me to high school, I had to stay in the boarding school because it was too far to travel. And uh, there I learned how to swear, how to steal, how to smoke. You know, there was no drugs, fortunately, yet in this time. But I had all that rubbish. And my mom would ask me, Jan, would you take the New Testament with you to the boarding school? I said, Mom, it's illegal, I can't. So, one day I came again, Jan, would you like to take New Testament with you? Okay, Mom, I take it. 
Somehow she was so sweet and I loved her till she died, 89 and a half. And you know, I remember her eyes. I couldn't refuse. When I came again home, Jan, have you read anything from the New Testament? Oh no, mom, because I'm so busy. I was so ashamed. I went to boarding school back this Sunday, opened the New Testament, read a few words. Mom, now you can ask. So these were the ways. But one day the Lord called me. In the church in the south of Poland, brethren, I, it was in Plymouth Brethren area where I grew up. So, you know, as they have topic, they would share gospel, but somehow nobody had anything to add. So they decided, okay, in the afternoon, we are going to ask our senior brethren to share their testimonies. And the second brother gets up and he shares my life. The same sins he commits. So, oh, my mother told him that he would tell me. But then the second voice say, but your mother does not know what a kind of hooligan you are. Oh, so who speaks to me? That must be my God. By the end of that service, I prayed, Lord, I want to belong to you, forgive all my sins, and lead me your way. I don't want to have any more my ways. He was faithful. He was faithful. I was supposed to go to study engineering. My father was so happy. But half of the preparation time I decided, no, I want to serve the Lord. I'll go to study theology. As you may know, Plymouth brethren are a little bit funny on the education of theology. So I said, oh, what are you doing? Well, I want to serve the Lord. You should be engineer. But I finished that study, got married in the meantime, and started to do something. I said, Lord, how come? So one of the friends invited me to go to youth, uh, youth uh, camp. It was not youth camp yet, because we were allowed in the communist time only to have Bible courses in the churches. We couldn't have any separate location. In the communist time, we pastors were, you know, guys who should be slowly avoided any privileges. But if the Lord calls you to do something, you do. What has happened? We decided to build a church. Forty years of communism, legally, there were only one church for the denomination established in Warsaw. There were always shortages because communists had good plans only, never could do what they promised. So there were no buildings, no apartments. If a young couple would like to have a separate kind of uh, accommodation and a flat apartment, you would have to wait five years, 10 years, 20 years in some cases. So the grandchildren were living when you had to go. In some families, 
I had a family where four generations were living in one apartment of four rooms. This was a communist production. Nice names, but rubbish in everything. Well, I didn't want to stay and doing nothing. So we prayed, Lord, help us to build a church. On Tuesday, I see the newspaper, advertisement, I will sell a lot for house for two families. Oh, wonderful. I rang the guy, ran there, had a thousand slot in my pocket. This is my down payment. We are sure, you are sure we want to have it. But we don't have money yet. I want to build a church, but keep quiet. Okay, I don't care. I can get money in September. So we started the work <laughs> without, you know, proper paper. Uh, ten of brethren would come right away. We made some offerings and we started to slowly build a church for two private names. But you can't have secrets in the communist system. So a phone calls, Mr. Tomczyk, please come to the police station. We need to talk to you. And they say, what, we had secrets with this brother, with this brother, with this brother. So who is a collaborator here? I was not liked in this community, of course. One day, the director of, they had a funny position, director for religion office calls me, Mr. Tomczyk, you are the worst pastor in the whole county. So why, sir? because you built this church illegally. You are the seventh. Six Roman Catholic churches were built illegally too. Oh, I said, praise God. Because if I would be alone, they would come and push it down. <laughs> they didn't know what to do. The Lord started to steer hearts. 1977, we started to, we bought a property by the lake on private name of a farmer because it was a farm and we called it farm for the Lord we didn't have much yet to do but 25 people came to this camp and the boy from the village son of a communist mayor of the village comes to play with us volleyball he see that some ladies girls read the bible what funny people you are here you don't swear here one day in the tent we had a meeting and he comes down, kneels down, Lord forgive my sins. Now what will happen? A communist mayor, son, comes to the Lord, he is the biggest hooligan in the area. Lord, I don't know what you do. We might be in trouble or then I knew, Lord, this is a place you have chosen to us to be. We were there. Every camp, more people come to the Lord. Every camp, every people. <laughs> One day we had 150 kids who came from whole Poland and we didn't have tents enough to put them in so they slept in the car and said, Jan, please don't send us home. We want to stay together. We love the fellowship. Don't send us home. It's not like nicely organized. <laughs> you comes, you have, you have to apply, pay the fee and so on. <laughs> I'm laughing now because we started to do the same thing. And for children camp, we had to turn down so many kids. 
because we have no more room. The Lord was gracious. Trust mentioned how they tried to trap me. Actually, I have a record. Now in the free time, we have a chance to see the records which the secret services were writing. And a lady from a Pentecostal church decided to write her uh, thesis on uh, our church. I said, well, I don't know why, but she did. So she went to this, you know, places there and it was written, stubborn, not obeying, not good to cooperate for secret services. Oh, I have a good testimony. <laughs> I didn't know it. <laughs> but, you know, in order to trap people, one day, 1.30, I get up. I didn't know what, why. When you are young, you don't need to get up to the restroom. But someone is opening my lock. My hair go like that, 1.30. I didn't, I didn't have even a slipper, you know, to take something to my hand. So I turn it back. Then I switch on the light. And the guy press the handle because he turned it twice with another lock which we didn't use so they knew what systems we have at home so how many times he was there well later on I've learned that they hooked my phone that the microphone was working the whole time so they heard what I said to my wife I said, oh no that's not good <laughs> and especially when guests came, they wanted to know what is there. Later on, we took a radio next to the phone. You played to them nice music, and we avoided But you know, after times when the free time was coming, I asked the secret, secret police guy who was responsible for pastors, said, what did you want to do when you opened the door at 1.30? Did you want to place me a gun or what? Yeah, because you were so stubborn, you didn't want to collaborate. So I want to place you a gun, and then you have sentenced three years and three children, what you choose. And this is how they were working. If the Lord was not, was not with me, forget it. I would be collaborator with this system which we hate. Many people were broken like that. Uh, there's a lot of discussion in Eastern Europe especially where this system was uh, uh, somehow brought by powers, but it's not so important. We have stayed faithful. Now, working with the camp, I'm so happy every year. Actually, I, my arm is not working properly because we had this, you know, sliding machine to, for concrete and it took my hand away <laughs> and I was not prepared uh, we do it all for the Lord doing all for the Lord because when kids come you know I can tell you at every camp we have some unbelievers some even drug addicts some addict people and I can spot them right away the second day the unbelievers are together like that then we have to preach, and slowly they lose their company. Not everybody comes to the Lord. But 
Many of them do. And when they come, they go home, change. They are different people. I, I'm very bad in statistics, in writing, in contacts. I'm very bad. You have to write to me if you want. <laughs> and uh, I don't count them. But approximately over 39 years, over 1,100 or more children, young people, and even seniors came to the Lord there because we started to organize seniors camp. When there are no vacations, we have seniors camp. You know, and all the lady came said, oh, I'm so devoted to God. I have a, a statue of Mary in my home. I have the whole altar. And, uh, but I like what you say. And one of our sisters said, tell her, these are gods. Throw it away. What? Holy pictures? I have to throw away? Well, now you have the Lord. Yeah, that's true. So she threw all the altars away from her home. Testifying about the Lord, she's 72. Unbelievable. That's a grace of God. So many young people came to the Lord. Because someone started that ministry illegally. The Lord was leading me. It was not so easy in this time. You know, we had an old farmhouse there by the lake. One day, they tried to soften the communist rules. So I asked the director of religion office, please, could we do something, build at least for wooden kind of bungalows that we could accommodate more people. Okay, of course. But he says as a director of county office, well, I have to see it. And I get a car in a month's time because we have so many needs and there is only one or two cars for county and no gas. Sir, I'll take you there. Would you take me? Yes. And you know, this was a miracle that this man was on this position then. So I took him there. He's going there, walking around and admiring. What a beautiful place. And what do you want to do? Well, we like to push the old house and build a new one. You can. I love it. What a change. What a change. So one day we got three, one week we got three permissions. Our church hall was too small. We asked to extend it. Our camp, we wanted to have these wooden houses. And we got another big house, permission to build. I said, Lord, you are magnificent. But we didn't have money. I come home full of enthusiasm. And there are sitting two brethren from England. Hi, brethren, hi, nice. You know, I have permissions to build. So what do you build? Oh, this and this. You have money? No. So why are you so happy? Because we have permissions. All what we've done was illegal before. Jan, I have to send you some money. Praise God. So the Lord is working in such a way that you even can't think how to work. You know how much money we had when we started to build the new camp building? 111 slotty collected from young people, which is $30. So we did. And the Lord faithfully was helping us. I 
see the time is running. I don't want to leave you without word of God. I believe that the Lord, when he was here on the earth, he had a word to everyone. He had a word to blind. He had a word to apostles. He had the word to Pilate. You remember what he said to Pilate? When he was supposed to be crucified? He was sure to be crucified. Gospel of John. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. <sighs> Who was in control? Here stands Jesus. Before the biggest man on the, in the area. And he tells him, you wouldn't have any power. I'm in control. The Lord is in control. doesn't matter who speaks where and how. How big is he? To Herod. You remember Herod? When he killed Jesus, uh, John the Baptist. And some Pharisees came and said to Jesus that Herod is inquiring, what are you doing here? Because these things were puzzled him. And Lord Jesus go, say, go tell that fox, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. Who? Go tell that fox. What would Jesus say to you today? Do I have a power? Do I have a chance to talk to you? Many people met him. I'm so happy that so many people met Jesus and they had a word. We all will get one more word when we stand before the Lord in glory. There will be different words to different people. To one he say, come to my mansions. And to other, he will say, depart. Today is the day of salvation. If anybody of you today is not yet confronted with the Lord Jesus, it's time to do it today. Today is this, this is the day of salvation. Tomorrow doesn't belong to us. No, tomorrow belongs to addicts, smokers, drunkers. They say always, oh, tomorrow we stop. Tomorrow we change our life. Tomorrow we'll do that. And there's always tomorrow until one day when there will be no more tomorrow. But it may be too late. This is the day of salvation. This is the day of decision. This is the day of support. This is the day you can make a choice. This is the day you can say, okay, I'll come to Poland and help them. You are welcome. And it's so great to be among you, brethren. I'm so happy I could be here again. My daughter is getting married, so my family is in a whole turmoil. <laughs> but I'm so happy I can preach, I can talk, I can share God's word and hear what the Lord has to say to all of us. May his name be blessed. Amen.
Thank you, Pastor Jan, for sharing this morning. Um, my son-in-law is from Poland, and um, he, he shares uh, many times a lot of the struggles, and uh, there's a spiritual warfare going on in Poland. So we just uh, really want to lift up the people this morning uh, from Poland in, in our prayers. Uh, allow me to lead. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we just ask you that you would rid us of our distractions and our busyness, and that we would follow your lead, and we would, we would um, just in obedience uh, follow you, Lord, and, and we know that everything that um, you've put before us, um, our, our distractions, our busyness, and um, even the things that go well in our lives, that um, you are in control. So we just ask that you follow and lay the path that we would follow obediently. And Lord, we lift up uh, Poland this morning, and we lift up um, those people that are encouraged and, um, and sharing the, the word, Lord. We, we know that there's only about uh, half a percent, as Pastor shared, and um, yet that is growing. So we are really encouraged by um, what is going on and moving lives overseas, uh, especially in Poland. And Lord, we lift up the missionaries um, this morning that... Um, are sharing the gospel all over the world. We just ask that you would just give them um, the boldness to, to share the effectiveness. And we ask the same thing that in our lives here. We, um, we hear of the KGB and all the oppressions over in Poland, and that's not unique there, but yet we have the freedom here. So we just um, really want to examine our hearts um, and, and really in obedience, share the, the good news to people here, Lord, that um, sometimes we fall short of that. So um, when the opportunity arises, Lord, we just uh, ask that we would boldly share. And we think of the young people this weekend that are graduating from high school. And um, as they're free to go on their way from, uh, from school, um, the life's journey has just begun. And um, the struggles, the, the pulling away from the faith, Lord, spiritual warfare is going to be renewed and, and strong as they leave. So we just pray for the salvation and, uh, and that these kids be grounded, Lord. That these kids be uh, surrounding themselves as they leave home um, with, with mentors, with fellow believers that will lift each other up. And, um, and Lord, we just uh, lift up the families uh, of those um, kids as well. That um, It's a new chapter for them as many will be leaving the family nest. We pray for those that are ill and sick, that um, Lord, you would give them the ultimate healing. We know that um, there's many in the bulletin, many not listed, but uh, you know um, the afflictions of each, so Lord, we just ask that you would surround each people, or each person with um, your love and the special healing hand that only you can provide. And Lord, we just uh, we are just so thankful that um, we serve in a living God, Lord, and we have a community of believers here at Elam. We just ask that you would just provide unity within this body, unity and peace within our homes, strengthen our marriages, and in everything that we do, Lord, we, we just um, ask, ask that we walk along with you. We just give this service and this week to you, Lord, and um, we look for good things to come as, as the week unfolds. We just give these things to you today in your name. Amen. And 
Lord, if our ushers, if I would just um, ask you to come forward and just bless the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, we just are so thankful that you provide all, that you have given us so much, and we just ask that um, as we receive the offering this morning, that we would just give gladly from our heart, that um, you would take these gifts, you would multiply these gifts many times over, and um, these gifts, Lord, you would just um, oversee them to strengthen and increase the kingdom, Lord whether it's here in Kokato or abroad. We just give thanks that you provide all. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Dan the director of student ministries here and we just want to take a little time this morning before all of you to to honor some of the young men and women from our church family who have recently graduated or will be graduating today and and um, we just want to celebrate with them and so we have uh we have a little video to to show you and as the video is playing i would love would love to have each of those students that are here in this gathering to come forward so we can honor you and, and recognize you. Um, so we'll play that video now. And uh, can I have you seniors please come up and just stand up here in a line.
relationship to people, and um, I will get to involve you next year. Um, thank you for being an amazing church family, um, just loving me and encouraging me throughout the years. You truly have impacted my life, and I hope someday to return um, here to bless you as you guys have blessed me. Hey, Dylan family, I just want to thank you so much for the family with me. You truly have uh, lived as a family, spiritual family, even an extension of my own family. Uh, thank you to all the individuals who have invested in my life, how you've been role models, how you've been friends to me and to my to my whole family. Um, special thanks to um, Pastor Matt, who's been a wonderful teacher and shepherd of our family at Elam, and to, to Dan, our youth director, who's been an incredible friend to me and mentor and has really invested countless hours into my life, encouraging me and, and teaching me how to live for Jesus. So thank you to all. We, we praise God this morning for the lives of each of these young men and women, and it's been a joy to see many of you grow up and to, to enter into deeper relationship with, with some of you and to encourage each other and to um, encourage you and to be encouraged by you. And so I praise God for the things he's doing in your life and how he has already used you and how he will use you in the future. Thank you, Brother Jan, for your, for your testimony and for your encouragement to us and just as you were speaking, was considering you as young people and um, what God has in store for you as you seek him and, and as you diligently pursue him and as he rewards you with more of himself and with an engaging in ministry, which we hope you will do as you continue to follow Jesus and love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and that you would love every person you meet with the love of God, that they too might know him. So we have a little gift for each of them, a journal and a pen that they might be able to, that you might be able to, as you spend time with God and as you spend time in the scriptures and as he teaches you and as he grows in you great love for him, that you would write those things. As you pray, that you would write those down, that you might be able to look back 10 years from now in this journal and be reminded of God's faithfulness to you. I've also give you the, my utmost for his highest, a book that many within our church family have been greatly encouraged by. Some of you, which Luke is reading right now, um, or finishing, I think, maybe. But, uh, but many have been encouraged, and, and we hope you too will be encouraged as you spend time in it and in the Word of God, and that you'd be reminded as you see it, as you open it, the love that your church family has for you. So we want to bless you with that right now. And, and as we... As I give these out, can I have all the, their parents come forward? And Pastor Matt, you guys can step forward a little bit, and we'll just have you as parents come behind them. So we just, wanna, we just want to um, pray together 
and we'd like to do something a little bit different. Um, for each of you as parents, you guys can spread out a little bit if, you, if you'd like to have a little more room. It's a little crowded back there. Um, but we're just going to take a little bit of time that you might be able to pray a blessing over your son or your daughter. And as a church family, that we'll, in that time, that you too would enter in with us and just pray. Pray a blessing over these young men and women. Pray whatever the Lord places before you for each of them. And so we'll do that together right now. And then we'll, Pastor Matt and I will pray. Father, you say in your word, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And we thank you for these young men and women, and we, we ask in your name, Lord Jesus, that all of the satisfaction that their heart longs for would be found only in you. that they would love you more as they leave their homes, as they stay in their homes, as they enter into work or continue in school. God, that you would use them, that you would use them as your ambassadors as they follow you, Jesus, that they might be ones who proclaim a message of reconciliation with God. And that many might know the peace, many might know peace with God and know the love of God for them through the lives and through the testimonies and through the word that is preached, both in the life and in the the mouths of these young men and women, that you, God, might be glorified, that you might be worshipped in all of creation under heaven, in every heart of every person that these young men and women come in contact with. And Father, we thank you so much for your hand upon each child's life here. Lord, I thank you for these parents who've spoken into their life spiritual truth, who've pointed them to Jesus, and Lord God, who've helped them develop a biblical worldview. I thank you for them. I pray you continue in this season of their child's life to find that balance that now is difficult of letting go, and and yet, Lord, continue to direct. And, And so I pray that you just give them incredible discernment, 
Lord, I pray for each of these students here. I pray that as they go forward, they would never see whether they go to school or the workforce as just that. But God, give them eyes to see beyond it that it's about your mission field. Each place you lead them is more than just a place to earn money or to get an education, but God, a place that they can share the gospel of Jesus Christ and invest in people's lives for that which is eternal. So God, give them a heart for eternity. Lord, that they could see that uh, what they do really matters for the kingdom. Lord, we know that these students will face difficult times. And I pray that they'd be able to see them as light and momentary troubles that achieve for them an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Give each of them an undivided heart that they would fear your name, God. That they would be worshipers. Lord, they would be those whose hearts are just set aside for you and moldable and pliable. Lord, those they'd be humble hearts. We also, as a church family, God, pray spiritual protection over them. You'd protect them from the wiles and the schemes of the enemy. And Lord, so we just trust you to do that. So God, we're so excited about what they're going to do and how you're going to use them. And so watch over them. Please care for them. And Lord God, I just pray that you'd even encourage them this day and affirm them of your hand upon their life. And Lord, together we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you have an opportunity um, after service or certainly during the week to affirm them, encourage them, continue to love on them, and uh, thank you for your kind, gracious words. I know that was encouraging to the family, so thank you for that. I'd like to close with a benediction. Now may the love of the God, the Father, the grace of his Son, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be yours in increasing measure. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, everybody.